Okay, let's get started with Parsha's Emor, Tavshin Ayin Dalid, uh, as we head to the final stretch of Sefer Vayikra. We have Emor, Bahar, and Bichu Kosai. So, start off with Parsha's Emor, and start off with a general thought related to the entire Parsha, and that is, what is the connection between the first half of the Parsha and the second half of the Parsha? First half of the Parsha, the first section, deals with, as we know, all of the halachas and the mitzvahs related to the Kohanim. Not the Israel becoming Tameh. A Yisrael does not have an Israel to become Tameh. Only a Kohen has an Israel to become Tameh. Only for his seven primary relatives does he have the, <coughs> does he have the heter and even the obligation. Especially Surim that apply to the Kohen in, who, in terms of who he's not allowed to marry. Grusha, Zona, Halala, Almana for a Kohen. Gadol, all the halachas. That goes right into the halachas of Baalei Mumin. Baalei Mumin. A coin can't serve in the base of Migdash if he is a Baal Mum. That goes into the animals who are Baalei Mumin. Serving in the base of Migdash and the Kohanim, the Isur on the Isur on the Kohen to be Makriv or to be Shochet or to be Zorek or to be Maktir. All separate Isurim of involving the Kohanim and giving Baalei Mumin for in the Avodah. So many different halachas of Kohanim. And then we have the second half of the Parsha. Not everything, but the second half, the major section, is the Parsha Samoadim. As we know, in Perech of Gimel, in Sefer Vayikra, that is a major section of the Yomim Tovim, starting with Shabbos, Shabbos and Yantif. We know the Yomim Tovim are listed in a number of places in, in, uh, in the Torah, in Pinchas, in Emar, in Re'eh, all with a different focus, all with a different uh, emphasis, but that's the second part of the Parsha. So the first part is all about Kohanim, and their unique halachos. And then we have Shabbos and Yantif, which is shayach to everybody. What is the connection between these two, these two parts? That's the question of Rav Salvechik in source number one from Rav Shechter's Divrei Harav, the third volume that he has with the Rav's Torah. Source number one. Sarak lahavin kesher, parshas ha-moadim l'sharin parsha. What is the connection to the Moad in the second half and the first part? Shakal kula maleadina miyuchadim lakoanim, all related to the koanim. Umay time hechnisa hatora parshas amoadim lakad. What's the connection? So says the Rav, says Rav Salvechik, maybe something that has bothered many a kohen out there, and that is the near pasuk line four. Sheikar tafkido shel kohen einenu lavod by mikdash. If we ask, if we ask the average ten-year-old um, or fifteen-year-old. Now, what's the job of the Kohen in the Jewish religion? They will answer, oh, to work in the base of Mikdash. Right? Or Bisman Hazed to give special brachas on Yontif in Chutz Laaretz, maybe even every day in Eretz Yisrael. That's the job of the Kohen. After all, and even if we learn a little more, we know all the Kohen were split up into 24 groups, 24 Mishmaris, going back to Moshe and David and Shmuel and David, Shlomo. They were split up into 24 groups. A different group worked every week. And out of those groups, they were split up into six. And a different family worked on every day. So if you think about it, every coin works one day out of 24 weeks. That's it. And what does he do the rest of the time? He does not work in the base of Migdash. So you're going to tell me, and I'm going to understand that the job of a coin is to work once every 24 weeks, one day out of 24 weeks? That's a great job. But that can't be what HaKadosh Baruch Hu demands or expects of the Kohen. El Lomar, line 7. That's not true. That one day is supposed to be machazik and encourage and help shape the Kohen into what he has to be the rest of the year. And all the other days, the 362 days that he's not in the base of Mikdash. The Kohanim were the spiritual leaders of Am Yisrael. To lead them in their life. To teach them halacha, to teach them midos, to involve themselves in all areas of life. And when does most of the teaching happen for adults? Shabbos and Yantif. So the entire parsha is about the world of the Kohanim and what they're supposed to do. First, on an individual level, going right into Shabbos and Yotif, because that's the day, and that's what he continues. If you look in the Haftorah for this week, it's looking from Yechezkel, that's what Yechezkel says. 
Vakonim alviim, Hema Yavoa, Mikdashilash Arseni, Visami, Yoru, Ben Kodesh Lacho, teachers, like the Rambam describes in Hilchashmita Viovel, they are the leaders of the generation, and a lot of teaching happens on Shabbos and Yantif. And that is why the Parsha is one unit, the first half dovetailing with the second half, connecting to the job of the Kohen. Rav Shetta quotes at the end that if one looks in uh, Rav Salvechik's article called Shomrim Laboker, it's 20 pages on these Psukim in Yechezkel, describing in depth what the uh, different jobs of the Kohen, what the different jobs are. Okay, that gets us started. Now let's go to the beginning of the Parsha. First Pasuk in the Parsha is the double Lashon that is picked up by Chazal. Hashem says to Moshe, fascinatingly, that this section of Kohanim isn't said directly to Aaron, because that very does not happen very often, that Hashem speaks to Aaron directly. It happened earlier, right after Aaron's sons died. Right, That was one time back in Parsha Shmini where Hashem spoke to Aharon directly as if to give him some, some chizik. In Parag Yud, Pasachas, Vayidaber Hashem el Aharon leymar. Yain v'sheicher al-teish, al-tov etc. But even the laws of the Kohen had to go through Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the conduit for all of Torah to Am Yisrael. I think we mentioned in the past the amazing Ha'ara that even HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls the Torah al Shem Moshe. At the end of Malachi, the end of Navi, Zichru Torah Moshe Avdi. What do you mean, Torah Moshe Avdi? Hashem is your Torah. Now, even Hashem labels it giving Moshe credit. Zichru Torah Moshe Avdi. So even though this whole section is about the Kohanim, but it goes through Moshe Rabbeinu. By Omer Hashem Moshe, that's just a parenthetical. Emar la Kohanim b'nei Aaron. Tell the Kohanim b'nei Aaron. V'yamar ta'alehem. And tell them. Etc. So Chazal pick up on the double lashon. Emor v'yamarta. Tell b'nei Aaron b'nei Aaron and tell them. In past years we spoke about the other double lashon in the pesukim. That's not for this year. Kohanim b'nei Aaron. That's also double. If you're a Kohen, you're b'nei Aaron and vice versa. So that was past years. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein and other ideas. But this year we'll speak about what the Rashi picks up on. Emar v'amarta, quoting the Gemara in Yivamos, first Rashi in the Parsha, Amar v'amarta, lahazhir gedolim al hakatanim. This is to teach me that the Kohanim have to learn this, these halachos and then give that over to their children. Lahazhir gedolim al hakatanim. Because I'll say, this is one of the Mekoros in the Torah for the mitzvah of chinuch, the mitzvah of teaching our children the Torah way and the Torah values. Emar v'amarta, Right here. Two questions. Well, really one question, and then we'll have a second half of the thought. Question is, out of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, that this message could be given to us. Make sure that you not only learn it, but your children are familiar with the laws of the Torah and the messages of the Torah. Why is it that Tumas Kohanim is the one that's picked? Right, there are various messages that are given to us throughout the Torah. Just Mashlabat Daradoma next week's parsha. The first Rashi, Ma Inyan Shmita Eitzel Harsinai, to teach us that just like all details of Shmita were given on Harsinai, so too all details of all mitzvos. But the question still is, why was Shmita picked in the Torah Shabbat to teach us that halacha? So here too, why is Tumas Kohanim picked to be the context where the mitzvah of Chinuch is is taught to us? That's the question of the Shem Atov in Chelik Beis. In source number two. But Sarah be your Lama Baha Yafusa, Dilhazar, Domalatanim Dafka Khan, Bilchus Tumas Kohen, Vazeshayak Wakala Torakula, Ubi Arnu, and he says, We've explained this before as follows. The Iker Chovas Haav Bechinach Bino. What is the Iker uh, job? The Iker Matara of the parent to the child. The Iker message that a parent has to give to a child is not to learn what, obviously to learn a lot and to learn a lot of content. But that's not the Iker. What we might call it more logic of the heart than logic of the mind. To use Rav Aaron Solvechik's language. More to give the fire of Torah, the experience of being a Jew and what it means to be a Jew. To be a servant of God. 
That's the Iker message. Not to understand every single little thing. It's important to a, for a father to learn a toastless with a son. That's true. But that's not his main goal. That's a Rebbe's goal. Partly. A, a Rebbe has to be like a father and a father has to be like a Rebbe. The Ramam compares the two in Nechus Torah. That's true. But a parent, a father, a mother has the Chiv of Kabbalah's old Torah. V'lochein. And that's why Dafka, we have the message of Bagdol Malaktanim in an area of halacha which is a chok, which we can't explain. Hilchas Tumah. Okay, Paraduma is the ultimate chok, but all the world of Tumah is a chok. Vikan chok muta, this is the symbol. Mutal chobas agdol malaktanim di'inyone hamishpatim hamusagim b'seichel zeo pashuti yavinu agdol malaktanim haktanim. Or that's step one. It's even more than that. One might say that's step one, to teach them what we understand, but even what we don't understand. To be makabel, because this is Hashem's will. Because this is what it means to be an Eved Hashem. That's what our children have to understand. Even if it's beyond us, even if we don't like it, and even if we don't understand it. This is such a message. Kabbalah is the message of Kriyashma. That's why Dafka here it is picked. Avalinian Tumah, how can you explain it? Even if I might think otherwise, it's not, it's not for me to judge, it's not for me to decide what I will accept and what I don't accept. Torah is a package deal. Number one. But then we get to the second half. And that is, the Shem collects three Drush interpretations for Lahazir Gdola Malaktanim. There are many. Obviously, the Pashup Shat, what the Gemara says, is that it's for the adults to teach the children. But then there are three other interpretations. Dahainu, number one, he says 11. Line 11. Yeshlomar, Dubalomar, Dadafka Elu Hagdolim Biyoser, Vamataplin Bin Yonim Ondabrubo Shalolam. Let's say I'm, in, I'm a very important person. I'm in charge of a company, I'm a CEO, I'm a big businessman, I'm a big lawyer, I'm a big rabbi, I'm a big anybody. So, you know, you know what the world thinks of me? You know what I do? I run big projects. I'm involved in major, in major issues. Right, What's in front of my nose comes first. My, my children, my students. We can never forget them. We must put in the time and the effort. And that is what has to be emphasized. Everything is Tziyat HaDashmaya. And everything requires Tfila, obviously. But we have to do our best. If they didn't put in the sometimes you have people who didn't put in the time, but it works out okay. Sometimes you have people who put in the time, but it doesn't work out okay. okay. Ultimately, it's not Takadosh Baruch Hu. But at least we have to make the effort. We have to do our Hishtavus. As Rabbi Fran likes to say, there's no quality time without quantity time. Right? And therefore, even the greatest among us, no matter what profession we're in, we have to make sure Lahazir Dolin, the greatest Alakhtan. Number one. Number two. And then he quotes a second shot. A second shot. What is that? Gedolim al Haktanim. Many times he says Aval Gam line seventeen. But move on Shalavos. Sometimes, not focusing on Godel and Katan in terms of the people, but Godel and Katan in terms of the project. Sometimes, you know, if there's something big in the shul for me to do, then you could ask me. Something small, not what I need, that's beneath me. Right, something major I could be involved in. A major mitzvah could be put on my plate. But the small nitty-gritties, the part of our Avodah Hashem that we look down upon, I'll do the, ma- or I'll do the major things. Putting my right shoe on before my left shoe. Right? Little, little nihugim that are quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. Lahazer gedolim, lahazer to those who focus on gedolim, al haktanim, to also be focused on the tanim. Because again, Avodah Hashem is something we have to Focus on, and he quotes, you see, when this is uh, dating himself, he says, many of us are involved in major issues like getting Jews out of Russia. The Chadome, which is very serious. 
But what about the chesed in your own community also? What about basic needs? What about the intermarriage? What about the, the assimilation that is going on? And focusing on that, those issues. Number two. That's also, everything's gadol. That's basically the message. Everything's gadol. And finally, the third idea. Again, number one is about the people. Number two is about the projects. And number three is within each of us. It's about the moments. And this is a common theme that the Shem writes about in a number of his, a number of his farm. And that is, we all have moments of inspiration in our lives. Be it at a shear, be it during a song, be it doing a mitzvah, be it in shul at some point. We all have moments of inspiration. And we all have moments of being uninspired. And we all have moments of feeling distant from God. And we all have moments that, same old, same old, and we just go through the motions. Says the Shem we have to do everything in our power during the moments of godless, during the moments of inspiration, to put into place precautions, guards, so that even at moments when we're uninspired, we still keep close, and we still keep serving God. And if we get into good habits at the moments of inspiration, then we'll keep up those habits, even at the moments of katnus, the moments when we, are not, we don't feel it, and we don't feel so close. That's what he says towards the bottom. He must also know. When he loses the feeling, we even have to do it then. Three different messages after the halachic point of why this is the one that was picked to illustrate the mitzvah of being mechanech our children. Okay. Back to the parsha, Perak Aleph, Pasaches, and back to Rav Salvechik. Two Rav Salvechik thoughts tonight. And we go to the Pasuk. After all of the Isurim relating to the Kohanim, then we have a mitzvah that relates to us in regard to the us, meaning Yisraelim, in regard to the Kohanim. There's a mitzvah daraisa incumbent upon every Yisrael. Says the Pasuk in Pasaches, Vikidashto. You shall sanctify him. You have to sanctify a Kohen. It's a mitzvah daraisa to ask a Kohen to bench. Added Mizumin. It's a mitzvah daraisa to give the Kohen the first aliyah. Vikidashto. Because he offers the bread of God. Okay, it's important that he works in the base of Mikdash. As we said before, his only job is, is outside. No, he has to do the Avodah also. Kadoshi Allah, he shall be holy for you. Ki Kadosh, Ani Hashem Elokech, Amekadoshcha. The halacha of Ikidashta, Rashi even says, Al Karcho, we force him to be holy. And Rashi adds, Nog Bo Kedusha, Leftoch Rishon, Bechodavar. To open up everything first, Ulavarech Rishon, Bisuda. Kohen always goes first. Good. There is halacha that we know, that the Kohen gets the first Aliyah, the Levi gets the second Aliyah, and the Esau gets the third Aliyah. What if there's no Kohen in Shul? If there's no Levi in Shul, I have a friend of mine who's a Levi who has never seen a Kohen get to Elias because he's always a Levi. So it's amazing. For any Yisrael out there, how could you never have seen that? It happens a lot. There's no Levi give the Kohen to Elias for various halachic reasons. But if somebody's a Levi, they've never seen it because they get that Aliyah. But what happens if a Kohen is not in Shul? So we know there's a choice. Either you can go straight to a Yisrael or... You can give a Levi first. Levi become Cohen, and you call Shani. It's two days though in Rashi and Gittin Nuntes. Rashi has one daya that if there's no Cohen there, it is usher to give the Levi the first Aliyah. You have to go straight to a Yisrael. You don't have a choice. It's a daya in Rashi in Gittin Nuntes and Mabes. Why would that be? Why wouldn't I be able to give the Levi if I wanted to? What's the problem with that? What's the problem with just giving a levy? Okay, you don't have to. Says Rev Salvechik again in source number three in Rav Shech the Sefer in Nefesh Arav, the first volume of the trilogy. Vitzarech la'yein, third line. Source three, line three. Eze iser yesh b'davar, lekro levy t'chilo. What's the problem? Vishamati mizebera me rabbeinu, I heard from Rav Salvechik. Dekolze nechla b'din ha'pasik v'kidashtel. Lechabed es ha'kohanim. 
We have to expand our understanding of the mitzvah of Vikidashto. It's not just to honor the Kohen, which it is. That is a major part of the mitzvah. But it goes deeper than that. Vigam. Now the pshat of Rashi is, if I give the Levi the first aliyah, and in that way I'm showing that he's different than everybody, if I give the Israel the first aliyah, okay, that means anybody can get the aliyah. But if I give the Levi the first aliyah, that's showing covet to the Levi in the same way that I showed covet to a Kohen. No, the Kidashto means I have to keep the hierarchy pure in the Jewish nation. Because I just give a levy and I treat a levy like a Kohen. There is a blurring of the boundaries. Regarding the yuchsin, the lineage of the Jewish people. And he quotes others. Part of the Kiddashto or seeing the Kiddashto in a larger framework is to be Shomer, to guard Who's a Kohen? Who's a Levi? Who's a Yisrael? No one's Yichus. To keep every family's Yichus pure and clear. That's a larger understanding of the Mitzvah B'Kiddash. That was the Kohen. But it means to keep all the Mishpachas pure. V'shalol to so. And he quotes, that's the reason. Line 9. There's a halacha of Havchana. That after a Gioras, after she becomes Jewish, right, Leida, in terms of, of if she became Jewish, we want to know if she's pregnant or not. It's a halacha, we're not getting into the details now, to have a waiting period. Similar after somebody gets divorced, or, or, or there's a, a widow, to have a waiting period. You want to know who the father is. What do you want to know who the father is? What's the big deal? Right now, the baby's born Jewish, he's born Jewish. He's born, he's born. No, no. The Kidashto. Pure lineage. Clarity. V'od Hosef Rabbeinu V'amar, and Rav Salvechik said again in his day, line 12, Sheish kolkach harbe Yehudim ba'America, she'enam yodim, imhen konim, olavim, ostam Yisraelim, nobody knows. Besides that they don't know if they're Jewish or not. Right? They don't even know what shevet they're, not shevet, which of the three. Umikalach, and sometimes we, we hear stories of somebody realizing when they're 65 years old that they're a levy, they're a kohen, they're... It's happened. I know of two cases personally. That's a larger understanding of Ikidashto. Not just be Mechabit the Kohen. But not to be Mechabit the Levi in the same way as the Kohen. And to know who is a Kohen and who is a Levi and who is a Yisrael. Like the Gemara says, we are called a people of three. Kohen, Levi, Yisrael. And he even quotes that at one point, in the rough school in Boston, in Maimonides, he made the, stu- some, the students, I don't know exactly what the context was, to write on their papers that they gave into the teacher, not only their name, but if they're a coin, a levy, or a Yisrael. Agalionis, Abachinos, Avodos, Abayit, Shalahem, Ploni, Akoin, Shechter, Ploni, Levish, right, according, after his own name, Omikal Makam, he says, that's part of the Mitzvah of the Kiddashto. To know Kohen, Levi, Yisrael. To know what everybody is. And that's the pshat of that Rashi, in Gittin, that, that day, not that we paskin that way, but that's the shot of the Rashi to say that it would be usher to give the Galevi that first double. Okay. Moving right along. We're out of the world of the Kohanim now, and we go to Perachav Beis. Chafalav was the Kohanim, Perachav Beis. Now we get to, into some of the halachas of Karbanos. First we have the halachas of Balimumin, or people who are tame, not being able, allowed to eat or to touch or to enter in, uh, Tvulyom. And then we have towards the end of that section, Perek Chavbez, Pasik Chavzayin. We have the laning that we have on certain days of Yantif, where we start earlier before the Parsha of the Moadim. So, Pasik Chavabai, Dabar Shemo Shalimar. Shor Ochesev Oez Kivaleid. An animal, when an animal is born, seven days with its mother. One is not allowed to give a an animal of a, of a, that, for a carbon that's less than eight days old. And there are midrashim that connected to brismila. Just like brismila is a bechin of a carbon, or being makriv, 
there's Zerikas Hadam, right? There are parallels between Mechusr Zman and the Mitzvah Brismila. This is the halacha of Mechusr Zman. So you read this halacha and we think it has nothing to do with us. What could this detail of Hilchas Karbanos teach me? Or the next halacha. Vishar Oseh an animal and its offspring cannot be shechted on the, slaughtered on the same day. Right, a whole parak in Mesechas Chulin, all about the mitz- this mitzvah. What do these have to do with me? Fascinatingly, we are about to see that maybe both of these in their own way, mentioned by two different sources, teach us about the creation of the world. First, let's see a medrash quoted by the Balaturim. The tour, source number four. The tour quotes, Why do I have to wait eight days in order to give it as a carbon? It's a medrash yilam denu. If I shecht it on the first day that it's born, says the Medrash, I might think that I'm being makrivid and being makdashit l'shem, something that has to do with the first day, Yom Rishon, Yom Echad, what was created on Yom Echad? Shemaim va'aretz. Right, I, I think that the God of the, the earth is a God, the Shemaim is a God. Not Yom Rishon. And if I shechlet on day two, ye nirakilu shochet l'rakia shenasu biyom sheni. V'im biyom shlishi or biyom revi. And if I shechlet on day three or four, ye nirakilu shochet l'shem hayam b'hayabasha. Day three, as the Shulchan Aruch talks about. If I sh- I'm talking about shechting on the on the on a boat, how do you do that? So it doesn't look like you're shechting it to the yam. V'im biyom revi. That's an easy one. The sun and the moon and the stars and the constellations. I do it on day five after birth. The creepy crawlies that were created on day five. Or the Adam. What was created on day six? I wait a complete seven days. On day seven, I mimic Hashem. I wait an extra day without doing it. Cessation. I wait to day eight, so I realize nothing in creation has anything to do with what I'm doing. It is the creator, not the created. Right after Shabbos, then I can check. It is a simon. It is a halacha that deep down teaches, about, teaches us about Maisa Bracious. I think we mentioned last year at one point that even the fact that we are weak has, has seven days in it. Where did that institution come from? That a week has seven days. Maisa Bracious. It's Maisa Bracious. But here, Umiyamashmini Vahala. One halacha. But then there's a second halacha, the next halacha. Oso ve'esbino. Okay, on day eight shafting, that you can connect to my sabracious. Oso ve'esbino. Let's see the words of the Hagyona Shaltara, Rabbi Sion Firer, who at the end will tell us something amazing about a Rashi that we're familiar with. There's a halacha about oso ve'esbino. What does it mean, yom echad? Lo sishchatu biyom echad. What does it mean the same day? Says the Gemara, Yom Echad Hamur line two, Yom Echad Hamur Bosov Espino, Hayom Holechachar Halayla. Meaning, what we call a halachic day. Osov Espino is measured 24 hours from the night before through the following day. Meaning, if I shecht an animal on Tuesday night and I shecht an animal Wednesday morning, that's an Avera. That's Osov Espino Zilzishkadubi Yom Echad. Wednesday and Wednesday night, that's not a problem. You go by the halachic day. You go by the halachic day. Says the Yonah Shal Torah. There aren't too many, but there are a few mitzvos. I mean, every mitzvah that has a time, they have to do on a certain day, has this too. But a mitzvah that you have 24 hours that defines the mitzvah. 
Most mitzvos are either day mitzvos or night mitzvos. Even Kriyashma, you have Kriyashma Shalayel, Kriyashma Shalayom. Mitzvahs you have to do by day. Mitzvahs you have to do by night. The Mishnah Mitzvah is Megillah. But sometimes you have a mitzvah, you have 24 hours. This is one of them. That is a 24-hour period that forms the structure of the mitzvah. You go by the halachic day. Why? Okay, because that's the halachic day. But what does that reflect in my actions? That that's what I follow. It reflects that I'm being makir, that there was my sabratius. Because other religions don't count a day like we count a day. So every time we follow a halacha that has to do with the halachic day, which is preceded by the night, that's a reflection of emuna in my sabratius. Line 7. Lo rak limud yeshkan. There's not just a halimud, a specific detail. Elagam nimok yeshkan. Bedinu shekopilos ba'olam ha'asiyah yechashev yom shala erev boker. Erev yachach boker. Why? Because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did. Vayihi erev, vayihi voker. Hashem did it that way. So we do it that way. Kikach hayah. And then he even adds, if you think about the Olam Ha'asiyah, yes, Mitzvah Hashem, night came first. But even Adam, what was the first thing that Adam made? What was the first thing that he contributed to the world? Okay, he ate from the Etadas. That was a contribution. It was a negative contribution. But let's not go, let's not talk about that. What was the first contribution, positive, constructive contribution that Adam gave? So the Medrash tells us, the Pirkei Durbalazar tells us that after he got thrown out of Ganeidet, and he was very upset that whole first Shabbos, and he thought all was lost, HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps him and gives him the Das to create fire on Motzai Shabbos. One of the two reasons we light fire on Motzai Shabbos at Havdalah. Because fire was created on Motzai Shabbos. So Adam's creative activities started at night. Not the day that he was created. So just like Hashem created the world night and then day, so to Adam parallel that in his constructive existence. Hapula Harishona Asa Adam Harishon Ba'erev, line twelve. But Moti Shabbos, Dr. Karishbrahu Day Abadam Arishon, Hashem gave him das, may ain dugma shell mala, the heavy shnevanim, he was the first boy scout, he put two stones together, the talkman zebazeh, he ground them together and he made fire. The Gemarim Sachim, the Perkidzerbalazar. So that is why we follow the night and then and then the day. So Oso Vespino, Yom Echad, but it's the Hawachik day. By following, if I shechted an animal, if I'm a shochet and I shecht an animal, by night I'm gonna wait till the following night to shecht. Why? Because I believe in my sabratius. And I go by the Hawachik day. And then he adds Line twenty two Ah Murabishua bin Levi Rashi in Parshas Kisisa, quotes the Gemara in Shabbos, how could Am Yisrael make such a mistake and miscalculate when Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to come back by the Chet Egel? How could they make such Moshe said 40 days. Moshe said, I'll be back in 40 days. How could they miscalculate? The whole nation miscalculated, which led to such tragic, tragic follow-up events. What does it mean, Boshesh? Moshe was delayed. When Moshe went up to Arsinai, I'm going to come in this hour after 40 days. So what happened? As Chazal tell us, they started counting 40 days from the day Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to them. That was day one. But in reality... They shouldn't, they shouldn't have counted that day. Really, the day starts that night, because this is only half a day. Count 40 days. Well, this day is finished. I can't count today, because Moshe is talking about, about, to me, us by day. Says the Hagyon Shel Torah, if B'nai Yisrael were more focused on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if they were more focused on what they should have been focused on, they would have realized this as a Dover Pashat. Because that's an aidus to my sabratius. And they didn't. It wasn't just like, oh, an Egel happened. That's a reflection of where their focus was. It wasn't on a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's why they made that miscalculation. It would have been so clear. 40 days, okay, the day starts at night. That was the mistake. We think it was just a silly miscalculation. How were they supposed to know better? Moshe didn't tell them that, you know, start tonight. The answer is they should have known it. Because that's what a day means when it comes to thinking about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
Line 30. Fine, when it comes to people's vernacular. Why did Moshe tell him? Ella, Moshe wanted to teach them this implicitly. He wanted them to figure it out themselves. And B'nai Yisrael didn't get the message. But now we get the message. So these two, Halachas, Nilchas, Kachim, which, by the way, one might ask, isn't it, there is one area of Halacha where we don't say, Hayom Holech Achar Halayla before, and that is in the world of Karbanos, which got to figure out why that is. Good question. Why that is, not for now. But either way, in general, outside the base of Megdash, uh, including Osob Espino, the night comes before the day, and that's counted as one halachic day. So these two details of halacha, of Mechusr Zman and Osob Espino, teach us about my separations. Okay. And maybe that's why, just to throw this out, the Mepharshim are bothered why we start the laning of Yontif by these psukim. Why don't we just start in the beginning of Perach of Gimel, Shabbos and Yontif. We added these extra psukim. Osov Espino and, and Mechusr Zman and Kiddush Hashem. That one's fine, Kiddush Hashem. But maybe with these elements, these are, these are major messages. And maybe that's why we talk about my Bracious and we talk about Kiddush Hashem as a lead-in to Shabbos and Yontif. Okay, moving right along. Let's get to a halachic discussion for a couple of moments. One that we've had in other contexts, but I don't think we've ever had this in a Parsha year, so here we go. There is one weekday the entire year where there is a mitzvah do raisa to eat. Unless there's a certain event, like a bris. But a weekday. A weekday that every Jew, at least every man, maybe every, every woman also, it's a discussion, that everyone has a mitzvah, a, a, a mitzvah do raisa to eat. And that, of course, is Erev Yom Kippur. Erev Yom Kippur, a mitzvah da'araisa to eat. Right? The Torah tells us in Perachav Gimel now, getting into the Parshas HaMoadim, by Dabar Hashem HaMoshe Leymar. Hashem says to Moshe, Ach be'asr la'chodesh ha'shviyazeh, on the tenth day of the seventh month, Tishrei, what we call it, Yom HaKippurim Hu, Mikra Kodesh Yelachem, Be'ini Semez Nafshoseichem, You shall afflict your souls. V'chom alachalo sa'asu be'etzem ha'yom hazeh, you cannot do any work. It's Yom Kippur. If I don't afflict myself, one is Chayiv Karis. That is also an um, Isser of Ivadon Hanefesh. And then, the Pesach continues and repeats. Always, Last Pasuk is the one that creates trouble. Shabbat Shabbason Ulochem. This is Shabbat Shabbason, the Shabbos of Shabbosos, which Shabbos is also called, but Yom Kippur is called that. You shall afflict your souls. Betisha Lachodesh Ba'erev. On the ninth day. We were just talking about the tenth day. So what did it mean the ninth day? Betisha Lachodesh Ba'erev. What does that mean? The night before? What, after day eight? Going into day nine? Or does it mean, what does it mean? And then it says, May Erev Ad Erev. Tish Besu Shabbat Chem. This is a very difficult phrase. And that's why Chazal darshan two very important halachos from this phrase. Number one, the concept of Tosefes. Tosefes Yom HaKippurim. Adding on. So it's the ninth, what does it mention the ninth for? Adding on to Yom Kippur. Right? Which we expand to adding on to Shabbos. Tosefes Shabbos. And number two, there's something else about the ninth. Not to fast on the ninth, but to eat on the ninth. And if I eat on the ninth, it's as if I fasted on the tenth. The Gemara com- that comes up in a, three or four places in Shas, in Yuma, in Rosh Hashanah, and elsewhere, learned out from this Pasuk. What type of halacha is that mit- that? Halacha of eating on the weekday. The only time that there's a mitzvah daraisa to eat on a weekday is Erev Yom Kippur. So there are two general understandings of that mitzvah sasei daraisa. Two general understandings. One more obvious and one less obvious, but then we will mention a third understanding of the achronim. The most 
simple understanding of the mitzvah is one word, hachana, preparation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows that we have a mitzvah to fast on the 10th day of Tishrei. There's only one day a year that we have to fast on a biblical level. One day. All the other days are because of us. Tisha B'Av, Shavuot all the one that we caused the, the Churbanos. There's only one day that Hashem said we have to fast. And that's Yom Kippur. So Hashem says, I know you're going to eat on Erev Yom Kippur anyway because you don't want to be in difficult situations on Yom Kippur. You're going to eat anyway in order to have an easier fast. So I'll make it into a mitzvah. Chaz de Hashem! Because we're going to eat to prepare. So Hashem says, you know, I'll give you the mitzvah. Who says it's preparation? A mitzvah of preparing. Rashi, the Rosh, Rashi says, I gave you source 6 and 7. Yuma pe'alef. Rashi says, V'hachi mashmakra, v'inisem b'tisha, you shall afflict yourself on the ninth. Klomar, hatkein atzmecha b'tisha. Prepare yourself on the ninth. Shetuchal lehisanos ba'asara. So that you will be able to afflict yourself on the tenth. And because the language used in the Torah is affliction and not eating, so we say, oh, eating is as if I afflicted myself. And even though we think that the eating is easier than the fasting, as we said, I think, last week, eating lishma on Arab Yom Kippur is harder than fasting lishma on Yom Kippur. Right? Fasting is very easy to do lishma. Right? Eating is a little more difficult. So Rashi says the din of Hachana, and the Rush as well. The Rush says in Source 7, Klomar, hachinu atzmachem, b'tishalachodesh, prepare yourselves, lehischazek b'achil v'shaziyah, to be able to have a proper Yom Kippur, because it's a tukhul l'sanos l'machar. That's the simple interpretation. There are other Rishonim I'm going to give you that say, maybe it's preparation in the opposite direction, it's preparing to make it a harder fast, because if I eat a lot on the day before, I'm going to have a harder time. Shibali Alekin has that uh, that idea, but either way, idea of hachan. But then you have a totally different idea from Rabbeinu Yonah, also amongst the great Rishonim, the cousin of the Ramban. Rabbeinu Yonah writes in Shari Tshuva, in source number 8, well, let's think about it. Yom Kippur is one of the Chagim. Not Chagim, one of the Yomim Tovim. Right? It's a Yontif. Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Right? The six Yomim Tovim. Every Yontif has a Sudas Yontif. Where's the Sudas Yontif on Yom Kippur? Well, you can't have one. Because there's a Mitzvah of Fast on Yom Kippur. Yeah, but you still need a Sudas Yontif. Says Rabbeinu Yonah, we bump it up. We bump it up to Erev Yom Kippur. That's the Su'udas Yantav of Yom Kippur. Meaning the assumption is that there's some type of halachic feeling of Yom Kippur already. Chaloshim Yom Kippur on Erev Yom Kippur. You can't bump up Sukkah before Sukkot. You can't bump up any other din of a mit of a holiday before the holiday. But that's what Rabbi Yonah says, amazingly. Source 8. Ki b'shar yamim tovim anachnu kovim su'udah l'simchas mitzvah On all the other holidays... We have a suuda l'shem simchas yantif. Ki yigdal v'yiskem ma'od schar simchal mitzvahs. What about Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is not a sad day, right? It's also simcha, simchas yantif. Okay, it's a serious day, but it's not a sad day. It's not tishabav, right? Okay, spend the whole day in the base hamigdash. So says the shari. It's kind of opposite of tishabav. Tishabav, we lost the base hamigdash. Yom Kippur is in the base hamigdash. That's the focus. Says the shari tshuva. So you bump it up. Very different law. Many nafkameens between these two. So you have to have bread. Does it apply the night before? Erev Yom Kippur. What about women? There are many different nafkameens that can be suggested for these two ideas. Hachana and the Su'udas Yad. But there's a third approach. A third approach mentioned by Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, actually also by Rabbi Salvechik, the third of the night, but Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky writes this in source number 10, and that is very different than either of the first two understandings. Let's read first Rabbi Yaakov. Says Rabbi Yaakov, quotes, quoting it from Brachas, because that's the first place this Gemara appears in Shas. Brachas, Rosh Hashanah, Yuma. Says Rabbi Yaakov, line 5, Pirish, source number 10, 6. Hidden in the words of the Torah is the message of the halacha. Right? Remember, the Torah does not say eat on Yom Kippur. The Torah says fast on Erev Yom Kippur, and that comes to mean really eating on Erev Yom Kippur. So what does that mean? 
Why did the Torah formulate the mitzvah of eating in terms of fasting? It says of Yaakov, because the eating on Erev Yom Kippur has something to do, not in a hachana way, but it has something else to do with the fasting on Yom Kippur. It helps define the fasting on, on Yom Kippur. V'hainu, line 7, Shehikpidah HaTorah, Shehainu Yishel Yom HaAsiri, Tzorach LaHaschem Yamachi. The fasting on the 10th starts with eating on the 9th. Klomar, Shehetzorach Lechol B'Yom Chi, Kodem Sofa Yom, Ula Hafsik, Me'achilasom Yibod Yom. Ula Haskel Haini. I need the contrast. I need the foil. I need the two days seen in context of each other to appreciate what the days are, are about. If I, don't eat mu- if I don't eat much on Erev Yom Kippur, so it's not so blatant what I'm doing on Yom Kippur. But if I highlight Yom Kippur, it's surrounded by days where I eat a lot. Now I see Yom Kippur it's all, in all its glory. Now I appreciate Yom Kippur for the day that it's supposed to be. That's why there's a mitzvah. Have close to Yom Kippur. Because now it's Nikar Ha'inui. Back to Rav Salvechik. His Lashon is Shvisa Nikeres. You need a recognizable cessation of eating in order to realize that this is a cessation and not just because I'm not so hungry. I eat and then I don't eat. And Rav Salvechik even compares it to Shabbos. One of the three reasons the Ramam gives for the laws of Muksa is his language of Shvisa Nikeres. It has to be clear that today is different. And so too, says Rabbi Yaakov, that's why the Torah formulates the of eating in terms of the fasting, because the eating teaches us about the fasting. And that's why he says v'inisem in that, in that lasha. That's the words of Rabbi Yaakov and the words of Rabbi Salvechik on the top left. Eating an Arab Yom Kippur is already a kiyam of the day. So as we say, Shnei Nevi'im Nesnabnim, Besignon Acher, same exact idea from two of the greats of the previous, the previous uh, generation, and we have them right here on page 9 and page 10. Okay. Two more thoughts for the evening, but the first one has a couple of parts. Let's talk, continue. We're in the parish of the Moadim, and now we go to Sukkot. Go to Sukkot after Yom Kippur. And we have to, for the first part of the Ksav Kabbalah, actually says four points here. For the first one, we have to realize who the Ksav Kabbalah was and remember what his job was. Remember, Chaim once said that there were four great leaders, Rabbanim of the 1800s, that they excelled, and what they had to do because of the times was to highlight the connection of Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat because obviously the reform movement is that's what they threw away. Torah Shabbat, fine, not Torah Shabbat, and that's what the Malbim and the Meshachachma and the Ksava Kabbalah and Rav Hirsch were excellent with their, 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 their main goal was to show that, how Torah Shabbat, Torah Shabbat are connected, and that Torah is alive, Bizman Azeh. You don't have to say it's not literal, it's metaphoric. No, it's Chai Vekayim even today. So, Tzav Kabbalah is always focusing on the Pshat and showing where the Torah Shabbat is found in the Pshat. So with that background, it makes this first thought that more significant. When the Torah says, Laman which we'll get back to Yedu as Hashem, Kiva Yisrael, we know there is a machlokism in Sukkah, Sukkah, many are familiar with. It's spoken about it a lot, Sukkah's time. What does it mean, Sukkos? Machlokas or Bikiver Beliezer, whether it means Sukkos Mamish, Hashem put us in huts in the desert, or Anane Hakavod. Right? The clouds of glory we were surrounded with. And we bought Anane Hakavod, good. Which is the pshat of the pasuk, though? If I was a ksava kabbalah, if I was writing a ksava kabbalah, if I was writing a pshat, ki basukos oshavdi Yisrael, what would I have said? I would have picked sukos mamish. Says the ksava kabbalah, ananei akav. 
That's the pashtus. Why? What word tips us off? There's one word in the Pasuk that tips us off, and that's the pshat. Says the Ksav Kabbalah line 3. Because it's amazing, Hashem gave us the and he continues describing. Where do you know that from? Hoshavti. What does Hoshavti mean? Hoshavti es Yisrael. Hoshavti doesn't just mean I put them. Samti. He quotes from elsewhere in Tanakh, Kedarko Bakodesh, Yeshiva, Lohoshiv, is to place in a calm, serene environment where serenity reigns. Yeshiva. It's not just Sima. Hoshafti, if there were just Sukkis Mamish in the desert, that's not serenity. If the mountains weren't flattened and the animals, what do we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for? If that's not what we're focusing on, Hoshafti is a Lushan of I put them in serenity. I put them in a place where all their needs were taken care of. That's how you know Sukkot means Ananeya Kavit in the Pshat. Says the Ksava Kabbalah. Line 9. Kishorosh Yashav Yoreg Gam Al Haminucha Vahashikita. As it says in Shoftim, one of the Shvatim that didn't come to help, Barak and Dvorah, they said to Ruvain, Lama Yashavta! Why were you sitting so calmly amongst your sheep? Yashavta. Why were you sitting there? Misaneg bishrikasam. Velo yasim leva kolanase chutzoli. Veruve. Jayelo mikne rav. Yashelo bebeisol eros. So no. Meblishim leva lamochamash ishli yisrael ba'ayfav. Point number one. Hoshavti tips us off that under the is the pshat. Number one. Number two. We'll skip number two now. Let's go to number three and four. Why does it say Estaksava Kabbalah? Laman Yedu Dorosechem. Wouldn't a more appropriate word be Laman Yedu so that they know? How about that they remember? Laman Yizkaru. We have Laman Tizkaru so that you remember. What do you mean Laman Yedu? That they know as if this knowledge is, is in the present. You're right, it's Yedu, but Yedu says the says the Ksava Kabbalah gives the impression that it's something more now, not just what was. Says the Ksava HaKabbalah, maybe it's a lesson about life. Once we learn the message of Sukkah, Diras Arai, that's not just a Yizkuru, that's a Yedu. That's something that we have to realize that this holiday... Yes, it's Zecher to the Ananiyah Kavid, but what do we do as a Zecher to the Ananiyah Kavid? We go into a Sukkah Says the Ksava Kabbalah, line 25, calls that Bala Hodienu, Shaha Minyin Mimenu Yisbarach in B'nai Yisrael, Shekol Echad Mehem Yakir Shenafsho Haruchanit Me'ala Shamayim Kvoda. Our real home is where our neshama is above the heavens. Visham la diras keva. We will have a diras keva, but it's not going to be in this world. This world is a diras arai. The famous chafetz chaim. I'm just passing through. To come down here to get some tzedel aderech. What we could pack up in our suitcases to go to our diras keva, that's the message of Sukkot. And that's why it's Yedu, that they know, you know it. Because it's a message that applies even today, not just to remember something of the past. We kind of relive it in order to take that message with us, even Bizman Hazah. And finally, the third shot that we are talking about, there was a fourth one, the the that you can look at, but then he says the fourth shot, which we have mentioned in past years, but then he just quotes it again, so we'll quote it again. And that is from the Vilna Gon. Why is Sukkot on Sukkot? Right? Why is Sukkot the 15th of Tishrei? So the Torah says that, well, really, there's no inherent connection to the 15th of Tishrei. It's just that 
Machlokas should be in Nisan, after Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, but everybody goes out in the springtime to be, have backyard furniture and huts, and we want Sukkot to be Nikar the Mitzvah Mitzvah. So ha, we, Hashem, Dafka, put Sukkot six months after Pesach, not only to make Right, to have it right after Yom Kippur. So the Shabbos HaGadol and Shabbos Shubit Rashers are six months apart. Not just that, but all just to make it in the time when it's getting cold. And people are going inside. They're packing up their outdoor furniture, and we definitely go outside. So it's Nikah, there's L'Shem Mitzvah. Okay, that's the tour. Beginning of Hilchah Says the Gra, okay, but there's a deeper idea here. Says the Gra, and it's half of a fella. The first time you hear this Gra. Some might be familiar with it. There's a, a specific Internal connection to the 15th of Tishrei and Sukkot. Let's do the math, says the Gruff. What day, Moshe Rabbeinu, Vav Sivan, or Zion Sivan, he gets the Torah. He comes back the next day, and right, uh, he uh, comes down with the Aseris Adibris, and he breaks the Luchos. Right, sorry. He, before that, Maimon Arsinai, he goes up for 40 days in order to get the Luchos. He comes down 40 days later, Shavasa Batamuz, he sees what's going on. He breaks the luchos. He goes back up for a second set of 40 days to ask for forgiveness from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He comes down 40 days later. Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul. Now he's been up in Shemayim on Harsinai for 80 days. You're forgiven. First day of Elul, he goes back up to Shemayim for a third set of 40 days to go get the second luchos. Comes back with the second luchos on Yom Kippur. 40 days later. Moshe Rabbeinu on Harsinai for 120 days without eating and drinking. And sleeping. Right? Not just 40. Three times 40. So that's Yom Kippur. What does the Pasuk say? Vahimi Macharas. The following day after Yom Kippur, that's when he gives the Tzivuyim, build the Mishkan. Day 11 of Tishrei. He gives the Tzivuyim. I need, he starts his collection. He puts out the word. He sends out the mass email. I need this and this and this and this. Day 12, and then it says, Beisal brought all the volunteer, right, donations. Baboker, Baboker. Two days. The 12th and the 13th of Tishrei. The 14th of Tishrei, Moshe Rabbeinu gets up and they start building the Mishkan. And the 15th of Tishrei, as they have built the structure, the Hashras Hashchino returns to Am Yisrael. Because the Hashras Hashchino, in the form of the Anine HaKavod, had left at the time of Cheta Egel. The day that the Anine HaKavod returned was the 15th of Tishrei. There's no better day of the year to have Sukkot, which is Zechar to the Anine HaKavod, says the Gra, then the 15th of Tishrei. So, that's the Gra in his commentary on Shir Hashir, but it's also quoted here by the Ksav HaKabbalah. Okay, last thought for tonight, and that is the end of Sukkot. The end of Sukkot, as we know, Perach of Gimel, Pasach, Lamed, Vav, Shivas Yamim Takrivu Yishel Hashem, Bayom Hashmini, Mikra Kodesh Yelachem, Dekrafta Mishel Hashem, Atzeresi, Atzeres, Atzeres in the Torah is Shmini Atzeres. Atzeres in Chazal is Shvuas. Atzeres in the Torah is Shmini Atzeres. Atzeres, it is an Atzeres. What does the word Atzeres mean? It might mean a gathering. Atzor is to gather. It might mean a stopping. Atzor. Don't stop. And Chazal, of course, pick up on both of these. Rashi quotes it here. One form of the Chazal. It appears in different formulations. Atzeres, 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 I've stopped you with me, says Hashem. Like a king that has his kids for a meal. Once it's time to leave, the king says, you know, just one more day. Just one more day. We discussed in past years, doesn't that make the departing even harder? Okay. But either way, no, one more day. I can't bear to, for you to leave. So give me one more, one more day with you. Says the Aznayim Latorah. Why? So that mitzvah Hashem. Hashem says, okay, I need one more day. Okay. But what about us? Obviously, the message has to be for us too. We have one day without any paraphernalia. Right? After having very busy, sometimes we walk into Shmuel and it's pretty like, okay. Right? No Dalaminim, no Hoshanis. Right? Just, just what? Just us and God. And Sabchas Us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Aznayim Torah, it's human nature. You always remember what happens at the end. You can have a whole long thing. A rabbi can have a, give a whole long shear. The last two minutes is what people remember. You can have a whole presentation. The whole game. Who remembers what happened at the beginning? The last thing is what's, what people remember. 
Yard the Torah lesayf daitam shol bnei adam. Shadaver hamatzui lehem ino lokeach kolkachas libam. Vrakdaver anifrad oshasli parmeim. Or not even just the last thing, but something that you always have, you know, to appreciate. Something that it's about to leave. It's about to leave, and then after it leaves, that's what I appreciate: the last thing and the item that I just lost, or the item that I'm about to leave. And he quotes Psukim and Mishli about this. And that's why, as soon as he made tshuva, the Shari Shemaim are open, but when did we start screaming and crying? Nila! Got plenty of time, it's okay. Right? All Klai Yisrael cram. Right? Nila! Right? So many of us, so many study habits that children have. Oh, yeah, you wait, I have time, I have time, I have time, I have time! Is it Nila yet? Is it the night before yet? Okay, Nila, okay, now. Shari Shemaim Psach! Right? We start, we start. Well, we asked for ex- uh, extensions. Right, tax deduct. Why? Right, yeah. right, we just had April 15th. Like any accountant will say. Right, why do people wait the last minute? That's Shmini Atzeris. Kodesh Baruch Hu knows that he wants to end with a bang. He wants to end with a bang, and he wants people to appreciate that this is about, Yontif, the Yontif cycle is about to finish, the longest Yontif cycle of the year. El or Rosh Hashanah Kippur Sukkis. I want to make sure people realize what it's all about. It's about the relationship with me. You don't need anything else with you. Atzeresi is just us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let us appreciate not only what we only have sometimes, what we always have, and especially the relationship we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, we'll stop here.